Hello, and welcome to Everything HR, Owner to Owner Podcast. Now, my name is Felicia Harris, and I will be your host today. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts, and when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, things can be a little difficult keeping it simple. But that's where we come in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler so that you as business owners can do the things that drive revenue. This podcast will provide you with the latest HR trends, whether you do business in your home state or across the United States. You'll be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. And more importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners and other leaders that have been in your shoes. So go ahead, join us for this particular episode for this month where we will be discussing the value of an employee value proposition. Now today, my guest is considered to be an organizational development guru. And so I'm going to pass it off to Steve and allow him to give you the opportunity to hear his background. But first, I want to remind you, if you have questions, right now I'm going to unmute everyone's phone that's logged in. And so I'm going to ask you to mute your lines when you dialed in. It should ask you to mute your line so that we don't get any feedback in the background or Send us an email at support at everything HR, F is in financial, S is in Sam dot net. So that's support at everything HR, FS dot net. And we'll also take your questions that way and read them on air. So right now, I'll turn it over to Steve. Steve? Thank you, Felicia. Yeah, I had uh, worked for a major defense contractor uh, for uh, a long, long time. Uh, in the last 15 years of which I uh, was a, uh, an internal consultant or an internal change agent, I uh, had the rare opportunity to work at the uh, enterprise level as well as down into the organization and across all the different organizations in there. Uh, since I retired a little early, I uh, have been uh, doing uh, what uh, people call an oxymoron job is uh, I'm a volunteer consultant and I support uh, small businesses and not-for-profits and startups and uh, got to know Felicia. I had the privilege of working with her as uh, one of the experts in residence at uh, Macomb Oakland University Incubator. And um, so we, we've kind of teamed up and uh, and do a, a wide range of things together and uh so uh, I was privileged to uh, to be offered the opportunity to come and chat here, and uh, because uh, I've got a lot of things in my background that can help uh, business owners, business operators, and uh, happy to be part of it. Thanks, Felicia. Awesome, awesome. Now, as I stated earlier, this month we're going to dis- be discussing the value of an employee value proposition, and as we know, as business owners, we want to retain and recruit the best because we want our products and our services to stand out. And part of that is being able to relay our mission and our vision and our goals and to our current employee base, as well as to those we want to attract to our organization. And that's what an employee value proposition does. It states what your business strategy is. It states what your total compensation and business health. 
And so, Steve, I'm going to allow you to kind of expand on a couple of those things that you've seen in your past from the psychological standpoint of compensation. Well, you know, I, excuse me for being old school, but uh, I go back to something as simple as Maslow. And uh, the, the idea that says that, uh, yeah, compensation gets employ- employees in the door. Uh, if, if you don't pay the price of admission, they don't show up for work. I mean, I wouldn't have. But we have to go beyond that. And so things like letting them know that you have a strong business, that it's healthy, and that it's going to move forward gives them the next layer, which is things like security and stability and protection. Moving on from there, gosh, I get to work in a team environment with great colleagues and leaders. Well, that addresses the next layer up of belongingness and things like inclusion and acceptance and friendship move to the next one. Well, gosh, you need rewards and recognition. And people are attracted by the idea that if I do good work, well, I'm recognized for that. That gives me some status and some esteem. And finally, and certainly not least, is uh, challenging work and empowerment so that the, the ideas of creativity and challenge can be addressed for each worker so that they have an opportunity to show what they're made of. And Again, going back to good old-fashioned, if I don't make sure that the compensation is right, the rest of this really has no foundation uh, on which to be built. And uh, so we have to be honest. We have to uh, certainly, as uh, Felicia said, we have to align all of this stuff with our mission, vision, values, the goals and objectives, our strategy. Where are we going as a company? We want to retain the current employees, and this is a wonderful tool to kind of get your thoughts together and then express that, communicate that, so that your current employees stay. We want to retain those employees. Uh, We want to differentiate ourselves from other employers, and this is a great way to do it. Show them something that you got that nobody else has got. And then finally, aim this at the people you're trying to attract and uh, make sure that they're uh, the satisfiers are there, but all, also the delighters, uh, the things that uh, that can not just satisfy the basic need, but delight them and and, and truly attract them into your uh, operations. Nessie, we work, as you stated earlier, uh, we got to know each other as being a part of the Macomb OU Incubator as executive in-house residents. And a lot of those businesses that come through the incubator are just starting out or they're small, you know, and and spinning out another product or service uh, there. For For those who desire to provide their employees and recruits, with, you know, as much compensation as they possibly can. But right now they may not be able to pay them the max as a competitor of a a larger organization or a small company that may have been in business longer. Have you seen any effective strategies that maybe they can work with an employee or recruit and, and show them maybe something else? Maybe we can offer you more growth opportunities to expand or something of that nature in your talent. Have you seen any other strategies? Because some, especially with small business owners, they're not able to pay top dollar. So what would you recommend that they offer to compensate for the total compensation? Well, that's a really interesting point. The, uh, 
the uh, the way that I've seen that done is that they will give them uh, something that aims the employee at the future. And uh, like you mentioned, things like development, and that's certainly an important part of it, uh, either uh, through training or experience or uh, degrees, you know, pay for their degree or certification or something, or mentoring and coaching, and those are all wonderful things. Once the employee's basic co- uh, compensation needs are met, they can they can live, you know, they can have indoor plumbing and warm food. Gosh, you've got to do something to show them that they are valued in other ways. And so recognition and reward uh, can be a powerful way to do that. Uh, A stake in the action, as they call it, uh, that uh, maybe it's a uh, uh, part of the ownership of of the company or something, uh, partial anyway, Um, uh, something of value uh, that the people value. And one thing I learned is that you take each employee as they come. And so different people value different things. You have to right. kind of address that on a case-by-case basis. That is very important because I, I was just thinking about how, as a business owner and or leader within your organization, in order to find out what makes each employee tick, that takes relationship building. Because for some, it is more than just, Part of that total compensation is not just dollars and cents. As you stated, as their basic needs are being met, everything else on top of that is what, as business owners or leaders, we have to find out because that's what they're looking for, and it's going to be different from employee to employee. Right. Absolutely. And recruit to recruit. Yeah. Well, and the the foundation of all of that is communications. I had a, a wonderful, I had a wonderful retired colonel that I worked with, uh, and he taught me that uh, you don't just say communicate, 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 and mean you know the same thing three times. Instead, what that means is you communicate up, you communicate down, and you communicate to your peers, and uh, and uh, so communication is very pervasive and it's ever so important throughout the organization. Uh, but with employees like this. The, the biggest thing we can do is help them to get rid of uncertainty. Uh, and uh, the, the higher up in the organization you are, the more information you've got and the more, oh, oh, by the way, ability you have to deal with uncertainty. Lower level employees just don't have that ability. And uh, they, they need someone to help them to understand this help of the business kind of thing and that, uh, that it's going to be okay. Uh, don't sell your stock. It's okay. We, we need to deal with people. Very, very true. And that's, it, you brought up a very good point because that's where I see for the small, medium-sized businesses, especially the small, that's where you can control the environment. You can control the dialogue. Um, you're able to actually make change much faster than the larger organizations. And being able to relay that to your employee or recruit base and let them know that you're able to change on a dime actually adds value to your organization. It doesn't take away from your organization. And so you can be seen as a more caring and loving and involved um, organization and or business. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of different strategies for implementing uh, organization change. That's part of my stock and trade. Learning that there's things 
that go beyond coercion, right? That, you know, why should I do this? Because I said so. Um, you could go beyond that. And uh, you can use uh, other techniques, like you say, convincing people, compelling them, uh, giving them an understanding that, gosh, goodness can come out of this if we just all kind of pull together. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of different strategies that could be used, and it makes you look just terrific. And trust me, you get a reputation out there. Correct. That is very, very true. And you earn one very fast. So if you get one, you have a good reputation out there. You want to maintain it. And the best way to maintain it and, and come up in one of our upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about making your employees a brand ambassador of your organization and of your company. But you as a leader is responsible for relaying what is that brand? What do you right. want and, your business to be known for? Yeah. And the whole leadership team needs to pull together, uh, you know, advocacy, Absolutely. if you will. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in order for a leader to, to develop in these areas, do you have any recommendations for that? Well, you know, gosh, there's uh, several things. I mentioned my little litany. Uh, it's a little acronym I use as TEAM. But uh, the training, experiential learning, advanced degrees and certifications, and mentoring and coaching is T-E-A-M. Uh, a lot of leaders think that they, uh, well, hey, now I'm, uh, I'm in charge. I don't need mentoring and coaching. Well, yeah, you probably need them more now um, because you're dealing without all the outrageous slings and arrows that are coming at you, and, uh, and you need someone to talk to. And sometimes a, a little wise counsel goes a long, long way to, uh, to help draw things out that you already know but you've just forgotten, uh, or someone who has experience, uh, like, a, uh, like a trained HR professional, um, you know, that would be a, a wonderful mentoring opportunity or coaching opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so let's, I'm going to move on to a topic that I know is very sensitive and, and needs to be a part of your employee value proposition, and that's trust and how that helps shape your organization as well as your leadership and how employees view that or should be able to view that from current employee base as well as the recruits on the ability to trust you and your leadership. Yeah, it, it, uh, trust is the basis of all human relationships. doesn't matter if it's in the workplace or at home. We have to uh, build things based, based on trust. And uh, I believe that uh, empowerment of employees is based on trust. But uh, you have to communicate. You have to be willing to delegate, manage the resources for these people. You have to motivate them, mentor them, measure them, uh, keep track of this stuff, and then use what you know uh, to give them more trust. You, you, you baited me here, uh, Felicia, but... Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, thing that, the thing that I've talked to people about is this idea that says that uh, I'm going to start you out with the little decisions to make. You make $100 decisions, and eventually you're, you're the head of a major company you know, making million-dollar decisions, billion-dollar decisions. But it all starts with something small that we build on, and uh, trust is that thing that, that we, we use as a foundation for that. Awesome. Awesome. And so for those that need to work on building their trust, I'm sure, you know, we, I know both of us know of companies and organizations that need to reaffirm or 
to build trust, what would you recommend? How should they start? Well, you know, I have, I have a little model. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm big on this thing, but uh, something that people can remember is, uh, is uh, I call it rice. And, uh, and how do you build a trust-based relationship? Well, it made up of four parts. Is, uh, is There's the reputation that you have, and I mentioned that before, how important it is for your company to have a reputation. It's also important as a leader to, to have a good reputation that people can uh, go back to you uh, and, and expect certain things from you. The second one is intent. Um, Intent can mean things like, uh, gee, are you willing to make a sacrifice when, you know, are, are, are you in this thing? You know, are you invested in it? And then the C part of it is credentials. Uh, different industries, different companies have different uh, uh, expectations and different realizations of credentials. Uh, for example, you don't want to go into Apple with a Microsoft certification probably not going to, you know, <laughs> that won't be a good day. And then the uh, last one is experience, right? Uh, uh, most people, most supervisors understand that, uh, you know, it's knowledge, skills, abilities. <laughs> how do you, how do you uh, take knowledge and turn it into a skill and then an ability is only by using it. So it has to be experience. And uh, these things come together uh, and they are marvelous ways to set trust and to build trust because if I can give people uh, an opportunity to take what they know and uh, go out there and execute work that builds their experience base, gee, that also builds their reputation and demonstrates their intent. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a terrific little model to use anyway. Absolutely. And one thing that I would add to that for business owners and leaders, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay and to allow employees to see your vulnerability because when you're, when you're open, it lets them know that you're human and that as long as all of us are human, we're going to make mistakes. But we can turn those mistakes around and make them life experiences to know what we should do and what we shouldn't do because we can learn just as much from our failures as we can from our successes. Yeah, you'd, I'd have to agree, right? You, you, you have to uh, be willing to be vulnerable. That's the basis of trust. If you go uh, look up the classic definitions, it's based on you being vulnerable. You put yourself out there. And, uh, and vulnerability implies that things don't always go the way you want them to go. That is so true. And as business owners, we know we are constantly reinventing ourselves because as a company, we have to. If we don't reinvent ourselves, then we will quickly be forgotten and not be able to keep up with what our customer base is demanding of us uh, to actually do. The other thing that I would like to, to bring up is, as business owners and as leaders, we don't have to be the smartest person in the room, and we shouldn't be. That's, our, that's for our employees and our recruits to be, and that goes right along with that vulnerability because you as a leader or a business owner should be pulling out of, of your employees and as well as your recruits the value and, and the you know their abilities that they have hidden inside of them, that you should be able to make them blossom. 
Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the uh, you can put that into practical uh, thought is uh, that's why we hire people to fill Correct. in the gaps that we might have uh, in our, uh, one of our weaknesses. For example, well, we might uh, bring somebody in just to fill that gap. Uh, if you think about a president who's uh, lacking in foreign policy, for example, well, gosh, they bring in somebody. You know, Nixon brought in Kissinger. Uh, to uh, to fill the gap uh, that that he was experiencing, and uh, it's a it's a well known well known and and accepted way that leaders operate. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's the way that leaders, if you if you desire to expand and to grow, it really you, you have to operate that way. You have to operate in number one, knowing what your weaknesses are. That's the first step is getting right. to know yourself and what your weaknesses are, because if you don't know what they are, you can't fill those spots. Right. And that's just as true at the leader level as it is at the company level. If you Correct. think about things like doing a SWOT analysis for your company, well, gosh, that's based on the fact that you have strengths and weaknesses. Every company does. Every person does. And we just have to admit that and deal with it whatever it is. And, and you brought up a great point. That SWOT analysis, because you're taking a look at the internal and the external. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, uh, and let's connect back to a thought that you had before, is uh, this idea of time, this idea of how much, when is the future, right? If uh, in your industry, the future is six months out, you know, if you're in the software industry, for example, um, six months is an eternity, uh, as opposed to a more industrial setting where things like three to five years or a more strategic planning kind of time frame. Uh, well, gosh, that sets the tone for what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, uh, because you now have a basic understanding of when you're headed, not where you're headed, but when you're headed. And uh, so, yeah, intern- externalities, Oh, by the way, internalities, things like strengths and weaknesses, but the externals are the opportunities and threats. Absolutely. And I think you just answered the question. We had a question that came in, like, what is a SWAT? And you just answered it. Basically, the S stands for strength, and the W stands for weaknesses. And those are your things that you look at from an internal standpoint of your organization itself. The O stands for opportunities, and the T stands for threats. And that's the external view of your organization. So thank you for the question. Yes, I, okay. I, I, I did something I tell people not to do, is to use an acronym and not define it. <laughs> we have become a world of acronyms, and we forget that everyone does not understand our jargon. So you are very much forgiven for that. But when it goes down to, you know, what other things do you see is a strong importance um, in the employee value proposition? You know, something I, I think that is underestimated is this idea of working w- with great colleagues and leaders. Uh, we, we talk about the leaders and we talk about the reputation that you might get. Well, that's based on what you've done in the past and uh, and what can be expected of you in the future, because we tend to repeat these things unless we learn a new skill. It's also important for employees to know that they're working with 
really good colleagues. If I want to be on a team with people, well, I want really good people on there and people I can trust and uh, that I know would have my back. And it's a strong sell point is uh, the the qualifications of your employees, that you have a team-based environment, for example, and, and don't just go out on the floor and have the great laying on of hands and you are a team, uh, you know, no, really, make them a team, right? Have a charter and, you know, all that good stuff. That's a really underestimated part of, uh, of value that's out there. That, but people respond to that. Absolutely. And, and that really revolves around the culture. And, and sure I'm a strong believer that the leader sets the culture, what culture do you desire? Because even if you don't think you've established a culture, you have one. Uh, you didn't say, can I get a witness? But, you, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. You, you have to understand that, that as a business leader, you set the tone. You set the little marching beat that's go, going on in the organization. And, and that beat is that culture. And it's made up of all those internal capabilities interacting. It's none of these uh, standing on their own. It's the processes and the tools and the, the systems, including HR systems. Let me get a plug in. The skills that people have, the, the orga- uh, organizational structure, the style with which people behave, and, uh, and symbols. Let's not forget symbols are, are a very important Absolutely. part of the culture. You know. Absolutely. And and so if you don't like what you're seeing right now, I would say go back and view the culture that you've established and make mm-hmm. the make the necessary adjustments because if you don't make those adjustments, it just spreads. That that thing spreads like a cancer. And you have to kill it off in order to make the organization go or or direct them to go in in the area you really want it to be, that you really want people to to view and to see your organization as internally and externally. Right. And and being passive is the worst choice possible. Uh, Absolutely. Let me just just sit back here and let it happen. It it doesn't happen. You need to make it happen. Um, Correct. uh, Because if you don't make it happen... Someone else will make sure that it does happen, Well, and uh, someone else is controlling it. Yeah. If you, for example, communication, uh, well, I'll communicate when there's something to communicate. <laughs> no. Uh, again, people need to know what's going on. You as the leader, uh, uh, you're blessed with all this information coming into you from all parts of your organization. They don't have that. They need you to make sure that they understand that what where things are at the health of the business and uh, and so you know gosh that communication thing is so darn important that we we constantly be out there beating the drum you know things are fine things are fine things are fine you know set the tone for the whole organization that's the job of the leader absolutely absolutely it is and it, it just and it filters throughout and where you're able you should be the best thing about a leader is creating another leader, developing another leader, giving them structure and guidance. Because if you don't have any structure or any guidance, that leads to total chaos and uncertainty and conflict. And so as a leader, you have to be strong enough 
attitude to know one of your main jobs is duplicating yourself, duplicating the mission and the vision and the goals that you have for the organization. And as those things change, you're filtering that down and providing with that communication there that they need so that they feel a part. Everyone, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, everyone wants to feel a part of a team. That's their part of, of belonging. They want to know that, that they played a part in the success and the direction of the organization. And so I'm going to ask you, Steve, how, what's the best way for an organization to do that, to make an employee feel a part? Is it through engagement or what? Yeah, uh, engagement and empowerment. Uh, that's how you create the leaders of the future is, again, start them small, right? <laughs> they tease about uh, people starting in the mailroom and rising up. Well, they didn't do that overnight. They didn't do that willy-nilly. They gained experience along the way. They learned how to be a good employee. They learned how to be a good supervisor. They learned how to behave professionally uh, in the environment. But it's because an enlightened leader gave them the opportunities, and it's multiple, to move up and to learn new things each and every time. People have to be ex- able to execute what their current job is. You don't get moved up just for nothing. In fact, you get moved up for the last five words of your job description and other duties as assigned, but it's because someone gave you those opportunities to demonstrate your abilities, you know, and, and your ability to move up. We have a question that comes in that has come in and stated that if you're a small business and for the most part your employees are doing jobs that they may consider not to be exciting, how do you keep them, you know, motivated? Well, there's, there's lots of ways to motivate employees, and uh, uh, it can be um, uh, through uh, using goals and objectives. By the way, people hate those, that phrase, but uh, used properly, they can be a very motivational tool. And, uh, uh, but there has to be, uh, you know, the, the carrot on the other end of this, this stick that you're waving at them. Uh, you know, the stick might be that you've got to do all this work, but the, there's got to be a carrot out there that recognizes and rewards them for whatever they do. By the way, those are two different things, recognition and reward. One is that I, you know, for example, I stand people up in front of a uh, a meeting and, uh, hey, I want everybody to know about the great job that Sally did when she took on this uh, job and Gosh, she did terrific. She exceeded our expectations highly, and I think everybody should appreciate, you know, this this good work. That's recognition. A reward is something tangible, right? Something of uh, financial uh, merit, uh, and and it need not be huge, but it's something that the person might value. Sometimes that's a uh, you know tickets to a ball game or a, or a dinner with the boss and his wife or something. You know, whatever it is, it's a it's something of value. A uh, great story from uh, one of our vice presidents. Uh, uh, he had a, uh, this was back in the dark days of Owen uh, 16 for the Lions, and he had a pair of Lions tickets. And he came into the senior staff meeting and said, hey, I've got a pair of uh, tickets. Uh, anybody got an employee who want to give these to? And he says, make sure they, uh, they understand it's not a punishment. <laughs> 
Very true. Now, I know that an employee value proposition should also display accountability, both from an organization standpoint, a leadership standpoint, and an employee standpoint, as well as recruit. Let, can you give us some information or, or expound on accountability from each area, from the company, from the leadership, and from the employee standpoint? And recruit. Well, uh, accountability uh, doesn't stand on its own. The cheese does not stand alone. Responsibility, authority, and accountability go together. Right? Uh, anytime you hear an, uh, an HR professional or any uh, leader professional talk about it, those three things go together. I can't give you the responsibility and the accountability without giving you the authority to do what you need to do. Uh, sometimes uh, we might bounce into a boundary of our of our authority, but there's got to be someone there that can help us, uh, you know, without uh, having a second layer of approval. Uh, but responsibility, authority, and accountability go together. So at the company level, what are we responsible for? Well, we're responsible for these people. We're responsible for this, you know, this business to be healthy, and uh, that is the job of the leaders. And, and it's the whole leadership team. And uh, how are you going to make those people feel good about uh, that this company is healthy? Well, that's that previous thing that I talked about, things like, well, yeah, I can pay you, and, uh, and I, can, uh, I can demonstrate to you how you know, we've, we've got a backlog, for example, an appropriate backlog. So there's work for the future, right, uh, that we're working with great people. You get recognized and rewarded. There's a bonus program or a, a profit sharing or whatever it might be, um, and there's challenging work. And oh, by the way, you know, not all of it's going to be wonderful and creative, and you know, some of it is just administratium. Uh, but uh, gosh, there's there's interesting work to be done if you look at it the right way. And then there's the employee, right? Let's go down to that level. What's the employee responsible for? Well, they've got, got to behave like a professional. They've got to trust, right? If they don't trust their leadership, they probably shouldn't be working there. Uh, it's probably not working for them. They certainly need to go in and talk to people about it. That, uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, they're responsible for being part of the success. The uh, They have to be given some layer of authority, uh, and it's one of the biggest problems that leaders have uh, is when forming teams, I call it the great letting go. Uh, they have leaders have to let go of a little bit of authority to allow the teams to learn how to make decisions on their own. Now we don't want to set people up for failure, but you want to keep an eye on them. Uh, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. But people have to be given the opportunity to stretch their wings and uh, and get out there and do some things. Do they need to be held accountable? Darn tootin' they do. Uh, so do the leaders. Everybody st remains accountable along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a question that came in um, back along the same lines of having a job that may not, quote-unquote, be in that challenging and being able to, how do you, I guess, take your environment that may be a monotonous job and add a component to that, what would you recommend to, to keep employees engaged in that type of environment? 
Well, again, you know, some, some things are just not exciting, right? Putting the lug nuts, lug nuts on the right rears of Ford Granadas is not exciting. But if we measure ourselves and benchmark ourselves against other organizations, for example, wow, okay, now it's a race, right? And now people can get, you know, behind the idea that we have to do better than blah, 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 right, whoever that is on, on the other side, the people who put the lug nuts on the left rears of uh, Ford Granadas. You know, it's uh, we have to create some sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, fun in this thing. There's a great book out there called Fish Philosophy, and it's about the, uh, the fish market out in uh, Seattle and how they chose to uh, to operate and the the attitude difference that uh, that came out of that. But uh, the the basis, the fundamental of it, is everybody has to choose their attitude about their job. And you walk in each and every day and you choose your attitude. If you want to let the guy who cut you off in traffic rule your day, well, you can do that. Uh, or you can kind of move beyond it and, uh, and recognize that these other people here in the workplace, they ain't cutting me off. You know, they're, you know we're working together. Uh, choose your attitude. Uh, but one of the other features of it is this idea of fun. Uh, and so you see these fishmongers out there throwing fish and making fish talk to little kids. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's an incredible, incredible example of the kind of things that we can do, the, this culture that we can create to, uh, to make it more you know, fun, if you will. Absolutely. And I'll just piggyback on that and say, now, I'm huge in, in, in metrics. And being able to give everyone some type of goal, smart goals, that they can actually end up attaining or being able to say that I succeeded at or I need a little bit more help at is a wonderful way to take a monotonous job and actually turn it into something that that person can look at as an achievement. And you never know. They may find a better way of how to you know, expand your processes. Because if the more you get involved and the more you give a person a goal to achieve, the more they take ownership of it. But if you just let them go through the motions from day to day, that's when things do get to be stale. They're not looking at how they can expand it and how they can make it better. Because understand, I've always talked about you always, as an employer or a business owner or a leader, you always want to look for what's the win-win. Because if the employee succeeds, the business succeeds, and vice versa. If the business succeeds, the employee should also succeed. Yeah, and and let me just take that one. By the way, we're going to come back because you define SWAT, so I'm going to define SMART. But uh, <laughs> uh, a uh, an organization, a business, is nothing without people, right? So Correct. A lot of times, you hear folks talk as though those are two separate things. There's the business and there's people. There is no business without people. Uh, that, that's what makes the work happen is people. Uh, and we have to create an environment where these people are nurtured. Uh, they have the tools they need. They, uh, they generate quality products that satisfy customers, and they create a huge financial return. But it starts with having great people out there. Uh, by the way, now, smart specific, measurable, achievable, results-oriented, and time-bound. And uh, so I, I'm just returning the favor, Felicia. 
<laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, and you, you want to, and it's good to use those SMART goals as you're doing employee evaluations. And as we call them, state interviews throughout the year. And if you set those SMART goals for someone doing an employee evaluation, make sure doing those state interviews, which we call intermittent check-ins with the employee, you want them to succeed. So if there is a problem along the, the line, you know, along the way, you don't want them to get at the end and they tell you they did not succeed. You want to check in with them be it a monthly basis or biweekly basis or quarterly basis, to see how they're doing on accomplishing that goal. So in that way, you're developing a relationship, number one. And number two, you're letting them know you're there to assist them because you want them to succeed. Because as we stated earlier, if they win, you win as a leader and as a business. So if you don't have a formal, you know, evaluation or performance review um, process in place, I would strongly recommend that you put something in place so that you can begin to develop this rapport with your employees and with your leadership and so that you can expound on what your employee value proposition is because it's another way of communicating with them. As we stated earlier, and Steve continues to state, communication is the key to all of this, and it will always be when we have individuals and humans involved. We are a communicating being. That's, that's what we, we thrive on. We thrive on having information in order to base decisions and to do our jobs, be it from in a company level, a leadership level, or an employee level, communication will always be the key. Absolutely. It, it can't be overstated. Uh, one thing I learned from uh, my HR representative uh, when I was employed was that there should be no surprises. So if you bring somebody in for an employee uh, performance appraisal at the end of the year, there shouldn't be a surprise. They, they should know what the answer is. Now, some people, they overinflate their contributions or their abilities and, you know, okay, there's not much I can do about that. But fundamentally, there should be no surprise at the end of the year. Right. And, and even with that, even with those employees that may, you know, inflate their, their abilities, you can, as a leader, you can work with that in developing them because there's a denial someplace in there for an employee to do that. So you getting taking the opportunity to get to know what is why can't they make themselves a little bit vulnerable? What is it that's that's and that's part of that relationship building and allowing them to become just as open and as they they see you become open and become vulnerable. Right. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, Felicia, is that, uh, you know, uh, even SMART goals, uh, oftentimes they're expressed in two different levels, I want to call them. There's the basic SMART goal, which expresses what the fundamental expectation is uh, throughout the year. And then there may be these things we call stretch goals. And you didn't see me do air quotes here, but uh, uh, stretch goals. And uh, something that, hey, if you wanted to take it on, and you wanted to try to stretch, gee, could you do this many? Uh, now, you shouldn't punish people for not getting there if they only got halfway there. Frankly, you should reward them appropriately for having got halfway there. 
because they're stretching. But having this idea that says that here's the basic expectation, and here's, uh, you know, if you wanted to be superhero, well, here's how you do that. Um, here's what that looked like. You know, that, that's an interesting way to do things, too. It is. And, and having those stretch goals, those stretch goals can align with where you're trying to take the organization itself. They should always right. know what direction you're going in as a leader because then when you do succeed and arrive on the other side, they feel a part of that. Yeah. That goes a yeah. long ways for some individuals. That means more than the compensation because now they can show an accomplishment because they can see their contribution to the right. success of that company. And right. that and, that's something that no one can take away. That's something that they can carry throughout their entire career is my contribution to the company was this, and this grew the company to this point, or it saved the company this much money, or I recreated a, a process, you know, therefore this company, and where you can show successes, that can never be taken away from an employee. That gives them value way beyond a dollar figure. Yeah, and and uh, to take that even further, people laugh at me when I'm walking them through a strategic planning process. When I say that, okay, now you've got a mission, vision, values, post them, send them mm-hmm. out, right? So everybody knows what it is because if we're all headed in the same direction, it's going to be easier to get there. You know, I don't want somebody going 90 degrees off target. I want them head, all of us headed to this bright future that we want. And uh, the only way to get that is for everybody to know what the heck that is. It is. And and not just post them around. Talk about them. Talk right. about them every chance that you get. If you don't have meetings uh, with your employee base, I strongly recommend that you develop some type of, of, of meetings, um, be it monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, just so that they get the opportunity to hear from the leadership, the direction of the company, as well as what direction you're looking at going in in the present and in the future, because that there's nothing that takes the place of one-on-one. Emails are a wonderful way for us to communicate. The letters and newsletters and all those things are wonderful ways, but nothing takes the place of human interaction. Right, absolutely. And uh, communication can occur even in just stopping somebody out in the hallway and having absolutely. a chat with them. You know, uh, and, and don't forget to say thank you. Uh, that's the easiest, the cheapest way to recognize people is just to say thank you. Absolutely. I have someone that actually it falls in line with another question that states that uh, they try to provide a reward to their employees, um, a monetary reward, be it on different holidays, or and and they will give that, but the employees do not seem to be appreciative of that. What would you recommend that they do in order to reward their employees? Because obviously money is not getting it, and the the employees, they feel as if the employees are taking advantage of them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. You might want to try an alternative uh, like, uh, you know, uh, tickets or something, uh, you know, something that uh, means something to them. Uh, I don't know what business you're in. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, a gift of product, whatever it might be. 
um, you know, sometimes that means something because, uh, you know, folks, uh, you want to be successful. Uh, well, here's the product you make. I want everybody using it too. There's a number of different ways that one can uh, can be, be rewarded. It's just uh, it, you got to kind of hunt and peck and and find something that's going to work. And, and I don't know again your your particular business. But. Um, I have another question that came up to follow up with that. And I know the I know the name of this business, but I'm not going to say because of the nature of the question. So I'm just going to address it and say that their question is. They feel like the employees are holding them hostage, and they know that it's making them bitter. So what should they do? Hmm. Wow. Well, you created a toxic environment. Uh, Somehow these people uh, uh, have taken control of the ship, and, uh, you know, mutiny should not be dealt with lightly. We we have to assert uh, our leadership role and... uh, Sometimes coercion is the only answer that says, hey, look, you know, <laughs> who's in charge here? I am, you know. And so, you know, look, here's how, here's the direction we're headed. Here's where we're going with this business. I'll be happy to rationalize all this for you. But fundamentally, we, we all need to go this way. And uh, if they don't want to do that, well, you know, uh, I hate to be this way, but maybe they shouldn't be working there. Yes. And, and I will add on to this uh, what I have uh, recently advised this particular business owner is that as a business, you have to run it as, you know, sometimes you have to run it just like a business, whereas understanding life happens to everyone. So even if you did not have this circumstance um, where employees are or you feel like they're taking you hostage and, and I know of certain situations they feel like you can't do any better uh, than them, that's not true. You were in existence before those employees came to work there. And so it's it's one of those time frames where you have to start to think, I have to constantly have my funnel full with other employees that's able to step in or other recruits that's able to step in. And this is where cross-training comes into place as well as constant recruiting comes into place, seeing what other talent is out there because if something happened with those employees that are taking you hostage, whether they quit on their own or life just happens to them where they no longer can work, business cannot stop. Right. And yeah, I, I think called the that's, unfortunate bus accident. You know. Exactly. And that's where you have to start not taking it personal, but start looking at it. it it's, it's part of having that balance. You know, and yes, we do want to develop relationships and have great relationships and a great culture, but there are times that you have to put the business up ahead and say business must go on irregardless. Right. And no one is is uh, irreplaceable. It's, it's just not it's just not possible. Um, if it's they not. Have, uh, you know, you can always find another way out of that. Uh, so, you know, we can't allow the inmates to run the prison. You know, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. And you can't. You know, and, and I'll add this onto it from the the, the previous uh, question. And you can't buy your way out of it either. No, no. 
can't you know, buy it, your way out of it. Yeah, part part of being a leader is dealing with the, these unfortunate situations, right? And uh, and gosh, I feel bad for people who have gotten themselves into a spot like this. But you know, you're in charge. You're going to have things your way because uh, you are in charge. Now uh, you want to listen. You want to try to do everything in your mortal power, uh, but some people are just not going to be happy. You know, my, my old thing was uh, I give them a million dollars. They complain they have to pay taxes on it. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. It, it's, you know, I, I can't make you happy. It's not possible. And so I'm just going to not try. And, you know, when they come in to talk to you about the same old droning, you know, I need to be paid more, I need to blah, blah, blah. Look, let me make myself clear. Um, I've, uh, I've expressed my position, and I've expressed my position, and I've expressed my position. And if you bring it up again, I won't need to express my position to you anymore. Very true. Very, very true. And I think that's where we have to also understand we're controlling the culture and you're setting right. the tone. And right. it sends it, a message to the other inmates, as you put it, right. as what you will accept and what you will not accept. Because right now, as you stated, the inmates is running the yep. entire organization. And until you take a stand, and you can't be afraid to do that. You know, you right now, you're the one that's in control. Because now those things that you don't have in place, you have time to put them in place. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have time to go ahead and put those structure in place. If you do have to terminate them, you have someone to take their place. If the bus yep. does hit them, you have someone to take their place. Yeah. We should not diminish the power of going and getting temporary employees, too. Uh, you can go get contract folks uh, to uh, fill a gap, um, and uh, a lot of companies do that these days uh, if they get themselves but it get themselves into a tough spot where they need to get through something. But that's not a long-term solution uh, unless you convert this contract employee at some cost to a full-time employee. But... It is a wonderful tool to have in your quiver, you know, a little arrow in your quiver um, for a leader to deal with situations like this that I will not be held hostage, and here's what I'm going to do about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, we wish you well, and we know everything. You'll come out on the other side, and you'll be able to talk about how you came out. And this is just part of, obviously, being a business owner or a leader, part of the resilience. You know, yes, we, yep. we have internal and external customers, as I, I call it, mm-hmm. that we're accountable for. But I truly believe if you correct the problem, you're going to have some core employees as well as maybe some customers that actually thank you for changing the culture. Because sure enough, those good employees, they see what the other employees are doing uh, to you. And they also understand that change needs to be made. And so as we come down to the close, I just want to very much thank Steve for joining us today and discussing uh, the employee value proposition and how you can start with the basis of putting a foundation together for it. Please 
plan on joining us the rest of the month as we give you of an employee value proposition. Our, as I stated, we're going to talk about wellness uh, this month. We're going to talk about making brand ambassadors uh, this month. And we're going to talk about customer service, how it's not just your external customer, it's also your internal customer, and how that plays a huge part uh, of your employee value proposition. If you have any questions and after the show, please feel free to reach out to us uh, either by email at support at everythinghrfs.net. And also, please, you can give us a call at 586-461-1400. And we look forward to seeing you again on next week, same time, same here at Everything HR.